Was the call of the cider mill she said andrew why why haven't we gone to the cider mill you have mostly been miserable when you've watched football this season and the cider mill is a place where you know, we can we can get cider and it's a mill and all those other things that you can do at a cider mill because it honestly like some of them i don't know it going up in illinois where cider mills a thing there no okay and that's kind of what I've heard, is that it's really, like, it's almost entirely a Michigan thing, which is yes. a pretty cool Michigan thing. But I will also tell you, between y- between us, the cider mills around here are fucking trash. The ones out elsewhere in the state where there's more space, where they're not, like, crammed into a subdivision, uh, they're not ju- it's not just, like, a place where you go and stand in a long-ass line to buy donuts and cider. You can do that stuff, but places will have hay rides and corn mazes and long nature trails and Having said there is one of those in champagne and all kinds of other fun activities so that's what cider mill should be that's not what cider mill is around here around here it is just a place where lots and lots of suburbanites go to stand in a long line and buy donuts yes especially when and also bring their dogs when their dogs are not allowed inside right all of, all of which is to say this is a good week to go to the cider mill because half the conference is on a buy with two buys in the season, this there was bound to happen eventually, where we had a few of them line up. And hey, that means a short preview episode for us. And given where I am about football right now, that's fine. Programming note, however, basketball podcasts are happening. Once we're done recording here, I'm going to force Steve, under threat of violence, to show me how to do actual tactical stuff so that the basketball podcasts are all presentable. We've got multiple preview uh, doses prepared for your doses is probably the proper word. Um, I tried to keep them close, but y'all know me. Injections, suppositories, what kind of good news? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this podcast comes in suppository form. Uh, I'm looking forward to it a lot. It's not going to be a weekly thing, at least not initially. I have many contributors who I have press ganged into assisting me, and our tentative plan will release previews that will cover every team with you know sort of a review of last year preview of this year and then after the first big group of tournaments happens kind of around thanksgiving we'll probably have the next episode like a recap of all that preview of the rest of the non-conference and the big 10 acc challenge once we get into conference play we'll be planning on doing them a little more regularly probably once a week because um, again i gotta force these other people that they're like oh but you know, I, I have uh, children i have a spouse i have uh, you know, other things that I'm interested in. What? A bunch of bullshit. Oh, you have children and a spouse? Well, then the spouse can help with the children so that you can basketball podcast, okay? You gave the game away when you said you had both of those things. Yeah, bunch of fucking chumps, man. But in any case, it is happening. For real. 
We need a name for it, don't we? It already has happened. Well, it's it's the blocking charge cast, and so depending on the week, it may be also the charging block, the charging block cast, or the blocking charge cast. It's going to depend on the call I feel like making. Just to emphasize the fickle nature of basketball, which I'm sure won't have me spittling on my television, because hey, TV Teddy is gone, and I was true to my word last season. I never blew up at the refs nearly the same magnitude I did. Because, you know, TV Teddy was bad. Not as bad as Hightower before him, or alongside him, I guess they were contemporaries, but just the way he acted, man. And we don't have to Teddy deal with and him Eddie. anymore. And we, we don't have to deal with him anymore. And, you know, it, I, was able to, I was able to ride the wave last year. Probably had something to do with the fact my team also kicked a lot of ass. But in any case... Yeah, I think I would blame... I think that I would probably attribute more of it to your team being really good than the refs being not... There are definitely some instances, though. Um, But in any case, you are abstaining from the basketball podcasting, but that's okay. I have found a substitute Illinois contributor who also roots for a team from the state of Illinois. Oh, dear. You brought this upon yourself. So let's get back to football. Big nude kickoff. Big nude kickoff. Nebraska at Purdue. Well, hopefully for Purdue, it's not going to be raining because as we've found out, they don't deal well with that particular element. And it's also not particularly conducive to being big and nude at kickoff. Yeah, you can be you can be nude in the rain, but you're not likely to be big because it's going to be cold if it's raining. So, look. This... Nude shrinkage kickoff. <laughs> Um, the weather thing is going to be something that happens more often because November in the Big Ten is generally not. I mean, everyone always thinks of the cold, but they don't often think of the rain also, which is... And it's hard to hold a candle in the cold November rain. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a game between a couple of teams who theoretically are both still alive for a bowl game. Nebraska is a lot more alive at... Four and four, right? Yeah, Purdue's being alive for a bowl game is entirely theoretical. It's uh, it's one of those, you know, beating heart but persistent vegetative state things. Where is it impossible for them to make a bowl? No, I guess it's not. But they win this, and they still have to go on the road to Northwestern, uh, on the road to Wisconsin, and then at home against Indiana. And those last two games are pretty dim tough, prospects. Tough, 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 tough. Uh, yeah. So. The other thing, of course, is these are probably the two most injured teams in the conference. Yeah, especially when it comes to important positions. Cause... Yeah, yeah. Um, Purdue, yeah. Purdue, still, Purdue, I think, is going to have Anthrop for this one. The, they've still got David Bell, but they're waiting on Rondale Moore. <clears throat> haven't heard much about the possibility of Sindelar returning. At this point, why bother? Sindelar, I, I don't think... <laughs> I think uh, when he had the clavicle surgery, it was like six to eight weeks, so it was just he would be back maybe in the event of a bowl game, but he's already uh, he's already he already has another year of eligibility. Yeah, so I guess there, there's really no point in trying to rush him back. Marcus Bailey isn't <clears throat> going to be back. Nope. The, although I thought... Isn't there some talk that Lorenzo, Lorenzo Neal might play, or was he out for the season two? I don't know. Who can keep it straight? There's... I mean, it's not like Purdue fans have... Failed to notice this. I mean, in most of their games, there's you know there was a giant poster one of them had in the front row with like you know like a list of all the guys who were injured. Like, here's our excuse: we have a doctor's note. 
you know, please don't make a, please don't hold us accountable for playing good football or having a game plan that makes sense when it's raining. First, against Purdue, it would have been a pretty good idea to drink every time they talked about an injured player because on our side we had, uh, even ignoring Bobby Roundtree and Marcus Beeson, we had Wally Batiku, Trevon Sidney, Ricky Smalling, like starters that were lost before, you know, the week prior. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to look at what we do expect to see, um, there was a there was a time where we thought this game was going to be important in deciding the Big Ten West champion. <laughs> that was your horse against my horse. I never even actually picked Purdue to win. I just thought they would be in the picture. <laughs> you know, well, I think I'm that wrong you, enough about that. But I, I don't think have that to you have... said that you did pick them to win, but not in an authoritative like they're the best team. Is like it was more like it's going to be a race, and I got to pick someone. Better. Yeah. Um, in any case, you were wrong too. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, we were both wrong. The problem is, of course, that neither of these teams has much of a defense. Um, why don't we go ahead and take a look at the weather predictor here and see if it's going to be a fun, a fun game in an impressive, crisp way or a fun game in a hilarious, weather-stricken way. Going to the Weather Channel, singing a distracting song in the meantime. You are is not, there... By counting off the clicks like that, you are not helping this this gap seem shorter. Is there a quarterback controversy in West Lafayette while we're doing that? I want to address that because uh, there was such a quick hook for Plummer, um, but O'Connell wasn't any better, and I just don't know if you're Jeff Brown. How can you evaluate your quarterback's performance in that game when no one could catch anything and they couldn't even grip the ball? Yeah, you know what occurs to me is I don't actually even know where this game is. <laughs> it's at Purdue. Uh, it is at Purdue. Okay, so this Lincoln forecast I brought up is not going to be especially useful. <laughs> so let's try West of that. Yeah, so you, you definitely got to have conditions yeah, for the Lafayette. watch party in Lincoln. West Lafayette. Okay. Uh, oh, what I did, West Lafayette. Apparently, apparently it's supposed to snow in Lincoln tonight. God damn it, ad blocker, get out of here. Um, partly cloudy, 43 degrees. Even a lot worse for the first weekend in November. True. Maybe this will be a fun and an efficient way kind of thing if both teams aren't playing their four-string quarterbacks. Yeah, because Martinez, we don't know if he's going to be back. We don't even know if Vidral is going to be back at this point. Yeah, no, I haven't. I mean, it's early, we've recorded early enough in the week that we generally are in the dark as to what injury status is for given players. In the unfree, in the infrequent occasions that coaches are honest, so you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm used to getting injury updates on Twitter 10 minutes before the game starts. Yeah, right. Oh, hey, uh, your starting left tackle's out. Oh, cool. I didn't know it was like... <laughs> oh, okay. Um, very different expectations now. Good thing I already placed my bets. Anyway, there is... Well, I don't know. Should be kind of a fun one in West Laffy Taffy. Yeah, as, as far as what to expect from a result, look, Nebraska's the more intact team, and I think, it, you know, looking at this, the talent they're going to have available... List the best players in this game. I mean, David Bell probably belongs on that list, but Spielman, Wandale Robinson, the Davis twins on defense. Um, I think Purdue is looking at a little bit of a talent disadvantage, which has been the case a lot of the time with all these injuries they've had. May get Rondale Moore back. And there have also, I do remember seeing Brom mentioning that they were basically planning on getting more freshmen in the game to start the, yeah. the red shirt he, I, Like, he, he knows what's going on. He knows what the deal is with this season. Yeah, so 
that may be, I mean, not to say that that's necessarily waving the white flag, but you're going to have more inexperienced players. Yeah, you're against, building for the future. Yeah, against an offense that can be kind of tricky to deal with in the first place. So if Nebraska's not playing their third-string quarterback, and even if they are, it's a McCaffrey brother. They landed a McCaffrey, and they're, they've got him under, in, you know, under bubble wrap. So I think I'd probably expect Nebraska to win this, but would our outcome really surprise me? No. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I... I think that Purdue matches up well with Nebraska from an offense-defense perspective because Nebraska is uniquely vulnerable to the pass, but you know against Illinois weren't able to exploit it. Uh, Northwestern wasn't able to exploit anything. Um, so I think that if they've got the offense working, Purdue is eliminated, but Nebraska is still alive in the Big Ten West division race because anyone can win the Big Ten West except Purdue or Northwestern. And we'll, we'll have to continue modifying the acronym as that game continues. Because if Nebraska loses this week, I think they're eliminated too. Because yes. they already lost to Minnesota. So we'll have to... It's going to get even more unwieldy. Which we need Nebraska to lose in order for Illinois to make an even stupider run to the Big Ten West title than Northwestern did last year. <laughs> or, I mean, realistically, to third place in the Big Ten West. But that's still, you know... <laughs> um, Far better than we expected. So, Maryland versus Michigan. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's, that's, that's what this game is like. I think Michigan will stumble through this one with an unsteady control, but it's not going to be a game, is it? No, if only because, well, for one thing, have we seen teams have any success running the ball against Maryland this season? Yeah, a couple of times. Has that happened a couple of times? Has it? Uh, is this a game where Michigan may just want to keep things as simple as they can? Coming off of an emo- a big emotional win last week, you just want to get through this, punch in, punch out, prepare for your real games down the stretch. I think so. They're going to look to shorten the game. They've found, they've got something working in the run game now with this common combination of Haskins and Charbonnet. So. But you got to keep that momentum going. I mean, yeah. Who, who's to say where Maryland is emotionally? Probably pretty low, but Probably maybe they get out. Probably, if you're, maybe I mean, they get fired up for this one, and Michigan assumes that whatever they're going to do is is going to work. But the chances of that are remote. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to say that, look, this game is at Maryland, and Michigan is a far inferior team on the road as opposed to at home. I guess I could listen to that angle, but. 18 and a half as the spread that I'm looking at here sounds sounds like I'm taking the over. One I'm doesn't taking, taking the Wolverines to cover. Simply walk into um where I think it's just Maryland Stadium. Uh, they renamed it cuz the old guy was a racist. College Maryland Park. Stadium. Yeah, Maryland and Stadium. come out with an easy victory. Not many teams do that actually. I have to disagree with you there. Well, I didn't. I just said one doesn't simply do that. Many do that. Rutgers doesn't do that. Rutgers is one. True. So, speaking of which, we buried the lead because it's still Rutgers week. Throw out the record book. Throw out the stat sheet. This throw is a rivalry game that commands your full attention this throw, big nude Saturday. Throw out your TV. Don't watch this game. <laughs> Ooh, I will be reporting live from this game because. Oh boy. You know, I, I went to. A couple weeks ago, I, I was there, and I went to talk to the uh, active members of my fraternity house, and you know about 
about maybe, depending on how next week goes, maybe we do a tailgate at Grange Grove. And you know what? The fact is, none of them were around the last time we won two consecutive Big Ten games. They have no idea how the how Illini Nation will respond. I can't imagine. Look, I'm not saying we're going to sell this game out, but we have not been this turnt since 2016. And that was like September 2016. So that's that's the whole reason I'm going. While, of course, again, some spouses are wondering why we haven't gone to the cider mill. Or not spouses. Significant others. Yeah, well, same deal. <laughs> others are wondering, why haven't we gone to Illinutkers? <laughs> or, more specifically, why haven't we gone to Champagne? So we're going to Champagne. I will, of course, be... Maybe tonight I will I will get to, to finally bottle the Illa Nutgers, or, well, specifically Nutgers, a uh, red ale with nuts that I've been aging. And Illinois is a 21-point favorite, but both the Illini and the Gers were victorious last week. There's no way this is a game. Like, you know that, right? I mean... No. <laughs> so, look, it, but okay. These last couple games notwithstanding, and I'm happy that you're happy... Is this not the kind of scenario where Illinois ends up scratching out like a one-score win? Oh, I could see it. I've predicted such over on the Champagne Room that just, like, they... Just can't have you flying too close to the sun. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, 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 gotta stay humble, stay hungry. Hashtag, hashtag. Um, but, honestly, Rutgers is so bad that I... For the first time since 2016, I'm not in any way worried about Illinois losing this conference game. Look at that, folks. He can be saved. Did it go well last time I had this feeling? No, not at all. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up. But, anyway. but uh, yeah, here's, here's what I'm hoping happens, actually, is like, if we're going to scratch out a one-score win, it's going to be because we fumbled it four times and lost all of them, and then forced six fumbles and recovered none of them. That way we'll get all of the season fumble balance stats to maybe that. balance out. So now we can <laughs> shut up about unsustainable fumble luck because now it'll be more in line with what we can realistically expect. Yeah, so the light on my mic was, is doing like a little bit of a rave effect here. I'm not sure what it's trying to boop, tell me. Boop. What does your anyway. audacity say? Uh, you definitely were, you were definitely uh, topping out there a few times. So that's probably... Oh boy, I'm flipping. About. Yeah, you were. I mean, well, especially when we got. I'm sure the, you know, the bar for the section where we announced Dylan Nuggers is just going to be a solid cube of blue. But yeah, ah, that's why I've turned my game <clears throat> down here. We gotta. We still got. We've still got teething problems. We're we're breaking in a new technology here, but it's not the F35. Right. Well, I mean, if we spent the money we spent on the F35 on these two microphones, then my God. My God, <laughs> what's, it come, what's it cost? So far, like three and a half trillion dollars or some shit. <laughs> like, unfathomable. I made up some big number, monies. and I don't think that's even that far off. Unfathomable quantities of monies. Anyway, so if Illinois wins, they will have a winning record in November, and it will be the first three-game winning streak at all of any kind since 2011. Indiana Northwestern. Boy. So Indiana should win this game. Yeah. But there's always the potential that Northwestern makes this a stupid rock fight. Well, look, if the dream of nine Indiana is to carry on, they've got to have this one because they still have uh, they still have Michigan. They still have they played Penn State yet? No. No, because they lost to Ohio State and Michigan State. 
They still have Michigan, they still have Penn State, they still have Purdue, which, however wounded of an animal they are, it's a rivalry game, so... Indiana needs this if they want to improve their... I mean, it's one thing to say, who cares, we're already in bowl position, we're not winning a conference, it's all gravy from here on out. No, go ahead and get you that Outback Bowl or something, man. Like, get to eight wins. Get Be in the picture for nine wins. Have a big-time season. you got a lot of contributors coming back next year. Get this thing rolling. Win this game. Don't make it close. Don't let... Don't let Pat Fitzgerald stupid you into losing. It's November Northwestern, though. Who knows? Who knows what November brings? Many, many dick trippings. Mm, we just saw an October Northwestern that was decidedly unlike typical October Northwestern. So, but November Northwestern is often their peak form. So, or does that I mean? Given what we've seen from this season, that just means they're going to be god awful. Like they, <laughs> they won't score a point all month. <laughs> But the thing I'm saying is that Indiana needs to understand the risk of Northwestern doing what they do and making this game, dragging you into a really stupid game and then beating you with experience in really stupid games. Yeah, because nobody's been in more dumb games than Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern. Nobody. Not not Ference, not D'Antonio. Nobody. So. Northwestern's <laughs> defense is going to have to win this game by itself, and I just don't think they can because yeah, only, I mean only way this game goes Northwestern's way is if it's in the teens um, man or the singles I am so relieved that MSU got their game with Northwestern done when they were when MSU was still playing kind of decent football because if they had to play now oh my god oh my god oh my god yikes I can't believe I'm mad at you for even putting that image in my head my goodness <laughs> I should, probably should have thrown a trigger warning out there for our audience before we start discussing that. So you mentioned something here that's an interesting all-time statistic, which is that Indiana is the all-time losingest program because of the skid they hit in the last decade, but only by 10. And who did they take the belt from when they took it? Northwestern. So this would not only clinch a losing season for the Fitzcats, but it would close that gap to 9. Look, this is the analogy of the crabs in the bucket where one of them's trying to escape and the other pulls them back down. Don't let Northwestern the crab pull you back down into the all-time loser bucket. Because yeah, that step could on be... their head and, and climb your way out. Because that could be an interesting race if Fitzgerald's program is on the way down as Indiana is surging. Yeah, I mean, it would be... You could expect it to take another couple of seasons before... I mean... I don't think what Northwestern is this year is actually representative of where they are, but... Neither is Big Ten West champions. No. So, yeah. All right. What a putrid Big Ten slate. At least it's short. (laughs) Elsewhere around the country, anything catching your eye? Is Baylor the Minnesota of the Big 12? Yes. They're undefeated, but nobody seems to care. Right. They're in first place in the Big 12. And I'll repeat... Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares, Minnesota. Nobody cares. App State is also undefeated. They take on Georgia Southern. They are a hell of a lot of fun. Um, they are. <laughs> the head coach came in for a press conference, and there was a, a pair of sunglasses on the podium. that, like, Not his, they're just, so he just put them on. And <laughs> <laughs> hell uh, yeah. Yeah, they're an easy team to root for. Um, and also... App State, in the, and also we want them to keep winning so that they overtake Michigan in the rankings because that would be hilarious. Whether they overtake them or not, what we want is App State to keep winning. And honestly, if Michigan wins out, 
they're not going to the. I mean, they probably still won't go to the conference title game or the playoff. But, but, who might they play in a New Year's Six Ooh. game? Ooh, ooh, goodness <laughs> gracious, my goodness, I'm all tingly. Undefeated Clemson in action against Wofford. Are you fucking kidding me, Wofford? I guess the I guess Clemson is taking a page out of the SEC book and making chicken shit Saturday Just happen. Get yourself a late season buy that you get a win for. I mean, they'll they'll beat them sixty three nothing and watch like they'll probably tick up a spot in the polls because Ohio State's off. It's like, well, well, Ohio State didn't even beat anybody this week. Guess they're not as good as I thought. No. <laughs> That's me. Imitating what I imagine a typical AP poll voter to be. So, um, mentioned SMU Memphis. Florida Georgia is probably the game of the week substantively. That's important for SEC East standing purposes. That college game day going to Memphis for 7 and 1 Memphis against undefeated SMU. As is right and proper, as they should, because the alternative was going to Jacksonville. Was going Oriole and Nutgers! Sure, sure. Uh,. Illinutgers six. Colorado UCLA. You put on here that uh, sure that could be it could be anything from a blowout in the direction to three overtimes. Who can say? I think that one's going to hit the over. Probably, probably. In terms of the hot seat watch, a lot of uh, a lot of guys have kind of rescued themselves, have they not? Yeah, Lovey Smith for obvious reasons. We're gonna evaluate this at the end of the season. The whole the goal was a bowl game all along, and suddenly it looks achievable. Uh, Chip Kelly suddenly has a three and two conference record after beating Arizona State. Yeah. And what's funny is I, I think they two of their wins are against ranked teams. Well, they beat um, Wazoo when they were ranked. Yes, and then Arizona, Arizona State. State so. Yeah. <laughs> Single-handedly submarining the Pac-12s. And Clay Helton is four and one in conference play. Jeremy Pruitt's back in line for a bowl game at Tennessee. Um, Willie Taggart has Florida State at four and four. And I think I, mean, I always figured we always figured that that would quiet down eventually. As kind of did we? I thought we had kind of come to the conclusion he was a disaster. Well, I mean, it could go one of two ways, right? Is he could it could either just this falls apart, they finish four and eight, three and nine. And Florida State just goes bail out. Or it's like, okay, everybody understands that the aftermath of Jimbo Fisher is going to be unstable. Yeah. And, okay, they get, they get to 6-6. Six and six, They have kind of a shitty year. They get some recruiting happening. I think I did see they've had quite an uptick on the recruiting trail of late. So, yeah, those connections in Florida were not going to go away for him. I mean, that was always going to be there if they had the patience for it. Um, Virginia Tech has now made their way to five and two. <laughs> yeah, quietly. And yet, hey, look, after the way Notre Dame looked last week, you gonna tell me Vontat can't beat Notre Dame? Um, they've got a chance to save Justin Fuente, basically. I mean, I think they have to come out to at least seven or eight wins to do it, but I think they could still he could still end up preserving his job, which, given the way they started, never would have expected. Yeah, because in the era, in the era of the transfer portal, another like worrying sign, right? A sign that like you may be losing the locker room, like a, you know, it's just an additional indicator in addition to the wins and losses and just kind of buzz leaks, whatever. Is guys leaving the program in the middle of the season? Tennessee had a lot of those. I think didn't Virginia Tech have some of those? Yeah, although you know, I was looking at this when MSU had that rash of guys yeah. leave and. 
they're like pretty much i mean alabama's lost like six or seven players this season like it's Apparently becoming a lot more common. I don't know if... But the t- Tennessee was having, like, decommitments that were coinciding with bad losses. Kids are fickle, man. I yeah. Mean, if, they're, if they're willing to decommit over a loss in a game when they're not even on the team yet. Well, last year, Illinois had two decommitments from wide receivers that happened immediately after wins. So no, it doesn't necessarily so it doesn't have, anything, have to anything, anything to do with that. Do with anything. Yeah, so there's, there's more going on in the recruiting picture than what's happening on the field. Um, and the question now is, who's even left when you look at the hot seat? Derek Mason. They have a win over a ranked team on the road. They're still two and five. Yeah. But like, man, if you want to get one win, that win at Mizzou is a pretty good one. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can't think of anybody else on top of my head because, as you mentioned, a lot of the top candidates have really redeemed themselves. Yeah, Chris Ash is fired. When you gone. look at when you look at the teams that are bad, uh, their coaches are still very short tenured. Like yeah. you have uh, Colorado, Mel Tucker, first year, uh, Oregon State. I mean, they're two and two in conference. Yeah, they have an offense. Look, if. Uh, if you want to talk about whether D'Antonio should be on the hot seat, it depends on how you define the hot seat. The fan base is done with him. I, like I said in the review, I haven't talked to anyone who has the slightest confidence that he's going to turn this around, but does that mean he's on the hot seat in the sense that the school is going to fire him? I don't think so. I really don't think they will. I, do you know MSU's athletic director, what his name is? I've mentioned him a number of times. Do you know who he is? No. Nobody outside of my fan base does. He doesn't have... Bill Beekman is his name, by the way. Um, he sounds like a damn villain from the Muppets. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they're not going to fire him. It's just up to him. And I don't know if the input of the fan base has the slightest impact on his decision-making or not. I would guess it doesn't because he's owed like a $4 million bonus if he makes it to January. So <laughs> somehow I don't think Mark's going to hang it up just because we're all pouting about how much his team sucks now. Um, he's the only guy in the Big Ten that makes any sense to me, really. I mean, what are you going to fire Loxley after year one because they're a tire fire? You knew they were going to be bad. With all the, everything they'd been through, the last thing you want to do is promote some instability. Yeah. Pat Fitzgerald um, is never, ever leaving. No, I think he could have five seasons in a row like this and the school wouldn't fire him. Uh, <laughs> who else is there? I mean, Jim Harbaugh. He just had the best run of his career. (laughs) No, he's not going anywhere. And that's assuming that he ever was going anywhere, which would not have happened if he didn't want it to. And Scott Frost is going to get some extra leash for this poor start because he's Scott Frost. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't think anyone in Nebraska is thinking that. There's probably a little bit of disappointment, and there's probably going to be some pressure next year. But no, I don't think they're thinking that. I don't think you're thinking that... And even Steve Adazio, Boston College is four and four now. Yeah, they got blown out by Kansas, but they've recovered and they've beaten some people. So boring. Yeah, this is an oddly <laughs> like it was really looking like we were going to have some collapses and some firings yeah, like here. Koji Carousel was going to was going to be spinning off the tracks if the first month of the season was any indication, but October turned out to be stability month. I mean, there's the double handful of elite programs jockeying for the title, and then there's. A lot of us other hogs down here in the slop just banging into each other with no direction. Like, Chad Morris at Arkansas, he's a second-year coach. 
they're still bad, but what, is what are you going to do? I mean, how fast do you want them to turn around on Arkansas do? football? You want who do you want them to climb over first? LSU, Auburn, or Alabama? <laughs> Probably the biggest hot seat right now, I guess, is Charlie Strong. Yeah, and that's who cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's as far as Lovey Smith is concerned. It's looking increasingly likely that they're going to get to six wins. And if they do, and he returns as the coach next year, mark my words, he will be the 2020 Big Ten Coach of the Year. Because all you have to do is win eight games at Illinois to be named Big Ten head, Big Ten Coach of the Year. Everyone who's done that since the inception of the award has won it. There we go. I'm calling my shot. Your source for Big Ten Talk. It's off tackle. Empire!